York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, I'm coming straight out. New out, York, out, New York, big city of dreams. What's going on? It's Jay Ellis from Nick of Time Show here. Give you that Knicks talk just in the nick of time. And it's time to talk about the Knicks loss because the Hornets avenge the Knicks. And the Knicks lose to them 125 to 114. Despite Evan Fournier having a 30-point night where he shot 10 to 16 from the field of 62% and 75% from three. But today was an interesting game because we had a Julius Randle sighting after he pouted off the court last game, throwing the ball behind him, throwing a Tampa tantrum. He came reinvigorated and gave you 21 points, 7 assists, and 5 rebounds, raising his trade value. Burks, who's been hot for so long, gives you 12 points, but gives you 12 rebounds on the night. Mitchell Robinson gives you 10 rebounds. Um, on the night as well and Emmanuel quickly after having a slow start finishes with 16 points and four assists but the story for tonight is the points in the paint 68 to 40 going to the Hornets and the Knicks through snapping their four game wing street and we're going to talk about it all but before I talk about it man please hit the like button please hit the subscribe button and uh, you know run up those comments at the end of the show so let the algorithms algorithm let people know that you loving the KOT show today was one of these games where uh it's not this is not the most exciting for the fans because we didn't really get to see the kids prosper like we're used to seeing the prosper in the last few games. A matter of fact, the kids today they weren't that good. The bench points and the points in the paint tell a lot of the story today. Bench points, uh, Charlotte Hornets double us up on the bench points plus two, 42 points to. 20 and you saw there was a pivotal point in the third quarter um where the knicks were kind of close it looked like we was about to hit the third quarter doing the beginning the bench comes in mcbride comes in sims comes in topping comes in quickly comes in and that squad comes in and the knicks kind of let go of the rope they weren't really able to stop uh alonzo ball mcbride was on ball for most of the night and McBride is an admirable job playing defense today. He really couldn't solve the Rubik's Cube in Lonzo Ball. And that helped uh, contribute to that third quarter push. And on the other side of the ball, uh, the Knicks could not buy a basket. The Knicks could not buy a basket. And that second unit couldn't buy a basket. And that was the to the detriment of the team. But there came a point in the game where quickly started having it cooking. R.J. Barrett-style had him in cooking. Julius Randle comes back in the game, and they make a push. After being down double digits, they make a push, and we start to see Manuel quickly doing Manuel quickly things. Hitting um hitting a three-point shot after Tom Thibodeau hits a timeout, Cons- getting and ones on Alonzo uh, Bohr, scoring big buckets, and causing so much havoc to the point where the team started to Show him some double teams and trap him at the top of the key, trying to get the ball out of hand. And when they try to stop Emmanuel quickly, you saw R.J. Barrett take his turn and get to the basket. And it seemed like 
the Knicks might be trying to be led back into this game with the R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel quickly one-two punch. And it could have been a Cinderella story once again, but Tom Thibodeau, um, he doesn't... Tom Thibodeau had a tough decision to make with, with Evan Fournier scoring 30 points. Evan Fournier not really finishing games most of his time. He decides to bring Evan Fournier back into the game, which ultimately, to me, sealed the fate of these New York Knicks. Because if you've been watching the game from the first quarter on, you would have seen that Lonzo Ball was cooking uh, Evan Fournier like Thanksgiving turkey all game long. And bringing him in in the fourth quarter, to me, in this flow of the game, when he's sitting and when he's cold, probably wasn't the best move, also considering that during that stretch, Emmanuel quickly was doing a pretty good job. We talk about Emmanuel quickly's defense, but his offense, but his defense has been underrated. The quickly R.J. Barrett combo, those guys did a, a pretty good job getting consecutive stops, something that Tom Thibodeau preaches that we should be doing all the time. And when, so, and to bring back Evan Fournier, who's been being cooked by, by, by Lonzo Ball, the whole time, it seemed like it was ill-timed decision from from Tom Thibodeau, especially considering the game before, at least after the game before, Tom Thibodeau said something interesting. Uh, I'm going to play this clip for you from Tom Thibodeau, but he said something interesting, and this is what Tom Thibodeau said. So it's, there's nothing you could do in practice that could rep replicate the intensity of a game. So why would you not use the game for your young guys to develop. And we have a number of young guys. You know, and people forget Julius is still young. So he if he, he specifically points out playing the young guys in situations like this so he can develop. Now I'm I granted now Emmanuel quickly he leads he leads his team in fourth quarter minutes. He leads his team in fourth quarter minutes. Um but I still feel like this is one of these opportunities where he should have used Emmanuel quickly in the fourth quarter uh, to end this game because he pretty much, he got an and one right before he took him out. To me, like, I, this is the thing about Tom. This is the thing about Tom. I don't know. He doesn't seem like he has his game. He has his pulse all the way on the game all the time. And that's concerning to me. Um, I do like that he had he seemed like to do a better job versus the last game versus the Chicago Bulls on pushing the right buttons and figure out what players to play when. But I don't think today was one of these games. And I, I don't want to kill him too much because it still might have been a tough decision. But if this if your stance is you're going to play the young guys in these type of situations. And you're in this situation and the young guy is flourishing. I think it's even more of a reason to go with Emmanuel quickly at the end of this game. Now, maybe you should have taken out Alec Burks for Evan Fournier. Maybe that was the, the, the other move he should have did. But um, I don't know about that either. But I, I think he should have just ran with quickly and RJ because that guy, those guys, to me, between their playmaking and... And their shooting are the, probably our best one-two punch in finishing games. They did it for us the game before with the combination of Alec Burks, and they should have did it with us tonight. Um, and back to back to a side a side conversation about Tom Thibodeau. 
and that comment that maybe he should play the young guys at the end of the games. Bruh. That was the craziest comment I've heard from Tom Thibodeau. At that point, I just felt like, is are, are we getting punked? Is he really that serious? Does he really believe that's what he's been doing all season? I seen some comments because I, I posted this on Twitter. A lot of people feel like he's just saying that to save his job, but I'm 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 perplexed that that's his stance at this point of the season. That he feels like you know maybe we should be playing, we should be we should be playing the young guys at the end of the Tommy should have been playing the young guys all along. He should not have been waiting till game seventy three to start to play the young guys in the fourth quarter. But that's neither here or there at this point. Tom Thibodeau. Um, he's he's one of the he's a frustrating coach, a good coach, as far as the X's and no, not as far as the X's and no guys. He got us into the playoffs last year for the first time in a long time. But sometimes I just don't know what this kid is talking about. But um, I digress. Now I, I want to move on from the fourth corner shenanigans and what I think about the young guys. This is another dynamic that you guys pointed out the last show. And I've seen I had some people in the Chicago game who was talking about this as well. And this is the dynamic between RJ Barrett and Julius Randle and the rest of the team. Now I want you guys after this post game to rewatch this game and rewatch the first six or seven minutes in the first quarter. And let me know if I'm bugging. And if you see what I see, because I don't know if I'm bugging because I'm reading too much into the news. Because, of course, you guys know, news have been there's been news that's been reported that Julius Randle has axed out of the New York Knicks and he wants to be traded in the offseason. That's the news that's been coming out, that's been out, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But when I was watching the first few minutes of the first quarter, to me, and you guys have said this game, it seemed like RJ was freezing Julius Randle out. Really, to say, when I was watching that first quarter, I, I was seeing the same thing. Let me know if you saw it, because RJ Barrett was running amok. RJ Barrett was in his bag today. I thought actually he was going to reach 30 today, to be honest with you. It got to a point in the game where he had 18 points in the first half. I'm thinking he's on his way to a 30-piece. And by the time the second half rolls around, R.J. Barrett barely touches the ball. Julius Randle is really the one who uh, was 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 shooting the ball a lot in that in that third quarter. And I, I mean, and I'm not gonna kill him for that today because he was actually making a decent amount of shots. But I digress. I saw, I definitely saw a couple of plays where R.J. Barrett had the ball. And Julius Randle was calling for the ball. And RJ looked him off and went to the rim. And I don't know if this is the progression of RJ Barrett. And he, or he has the confidence to wave Julius Randle off because he feels like he has it going. Which he did because it was barbecue chicken. Uh, half of the night when RJ Barrett was going to the rim. You've been complaining about RJ Barrett going to the rim. And today he went to the rim today. He shot 52% from the field. Now he has 17 from RJ Barrett. So, gunshot for R.J. Barrett. He's officially a 20-point scorer on the season. 
But uh, it seemed like there was a weird dynamic where they weren't really passing Julius the ball for the first six to seven minutes of the game. And then the one time that, R that RJ passing the ball was kind of like a, a fast break situation. And then when Randall got the ball, he was like pissed and he was like trying to urge the team to hurry up. I don't know if there's anything there or not. I don't know if you guys saying there's a rift is getting to my head. <laughs> but let me know what you guys see if you rewatch the first few minutes, seven minutes of these Knicks versus Hornets basketball game because that dynamic is really interesting to see. At this point, to me, um, the maturity level of R.J. Barrett is, is fully on display. He doesn't really get rattled. To me, he's the leader of the team at this point. This is his team. I know you guys have really been saying it. To me, it, it is his team. But as long as Julius Randle is here, uh, I don't. He's gonna try to wrestle it back, to me. And this is what happens when you have a lot of alpha personalities on the same team. They start to clash. And to me, R.J. Barrett, he he took his lumps coming in. He's ending as a twenty point scorer. That was a goal that he had at the end of the season. Um. And I I think, and he's taking a lot more shots. He's being more comfortable making his own decisions and and taking the game upon himself. And I, I feel like a lot of the team likes that he's doing that because they're reciprocating. They're getting some of they they're getting some of the love, especially Mitchell Robinson when he's taking over the game. But I'm um, I'm looking for some back and forth. I'm looking at that between now and the rest of the season. Now this could be in my head, but I'm, I'm looking at that. I'm definitely looking at that. But RJ, I'm loving what I'm seeing from RJ today. Um. 25 points on a night, four rebounds. Went to the hole with Gusco. The handle has gotten better. He's actually utilizing his right hand more and more. And this is a perfect team to get this off on because, you know, the Charlotte Hornets team defensively, they're not really that good. And it allows you to shine and R.J. Barrett shine today. So shout out to R.J. Barrett. All right. Julius Randle. After Julius Randle had a rough outing the game before, I, I, I feel like I feel like I feel like Kenny Payne called him, man. Because you know his boy is Kenny Payne. His man from Kentucky, who followed him to the New York Knicks and was his coach. The man who he cried three times. Julius Randle cried three times when Kenny Payne left. And after that Despicable display that Randall <laughs> did on that on on national television the other day versus Chicago Bulls when he throws the ball behind him and leaves the court. I already know Kenny Payne called him. I already know it because he was acting super crazy. But today I I definitely saw a change in attitude and focus with Randall's game today. He shot a little bit more perfect. He shot a little bit more, a lot more confidence. His first three shots. Um. The defense that we were killing him for versus Chicago is actually more focused on a defensive end. And in the first half of the game, he was chucking. He was chucking. And he ended up with seven assists. So this is one of those games where Randall actually played well. Now, for me, long term, that means nothing. I'm, I want Randall gone regardless. Regardless. But if you're watching Raw's channel, what's like I was, I'm with Raw. I'm I'm hoping for more great Randall games from here on out to end the year strong with Julius Randall to raise that trade value. 
because at this point, I, I, I just need him gone. And I like I like you guys. I don't trust it. I don't think he's built for New York. I think he's kind of fragile uh, mentally. And when the tough when the going gets tough, he mentally gets going. And that's not the type of person we need to be leading this team. And I know he's, he's trying to be a better leader and take over that leadership role. But the antics he's pulled all season, I just don't trust him at this point. So, um, gunshots are random, man. He got... He gave us some points, some rebounds. He played he played some defense and raised that trade value so he could flip him in the season. That's the type of time I'm on. That's that's the type of time I'm on. Mitchell Robinson, uh once again, six points, ten rebounds on the night for Mitchell Robinson. Uh offensively, once again, I feel like Mitch is in tune with this team. And he realizes what we're missing. A lot of times when we're struggling during the games, he's keeping us in the game in the offensive rebounds. Insanely, he has another eight offensive rebound game from Mitchell Robinson. So gunshots out there from Mitchell Robinson. But also on top of the eight offensive rebound game, uh, he had a move where he he blew by who he oh man. He blew by Mason Plumley like he's a point guard, and I'm sitting here lit and I'm going like, okay, ISO Mitch is in the fact. Give um, give Mitch give Mitch the ball, man. Give Mitch the fact that he blew by Mason Plumley. He was trying to overplay him from the three point line. Went down went down the paint like it was broad broad day on Broadway, and and try to finish that man and try to hit a layup and get the foul. Bruh. Oh, that's a ooh for Mitchell Robinson. That's a oofer. It's let's just, this is one of those things that lets you know, tell Tom, let's for these last four or five games, Tom. Let Mitch expand his game a little bit. Let him put him on the floor. Let him see what he can do. Cause as of now, he is the number two offensive rebound center in the NBA. And I said it in the beginning of the year. I said it last season, and I'm gonna say it right now. He his free throws to me aren't indicative of a person who can hit jump shots at a consistent basis as of yet. Cause like I said about Obi, when you hit free throws, when you hit free throws, it's an indicator that you can start to hit jump shots. That you start to hit threes. Mitch has not hit that point yet. So I don't trust the jump shot yet. But what those little off-season mixtapes have shown me is bare minimum. If Mitch gets the ball at the top of the three-point line and teams start to sag off him a little bit, he can get a running start and get to the basket. Or for a center dares to try to guard him up there, he can blow by a center and get to the basket. Because no, no, no point guard, no six-foot point guard is going to step foot a seven-foot Mitch and try to deny him a dunk or a layup. That's barbecue chicken all day. That's an and one all day. So if I'm Tom Thibodeau, I'm looking at that, and I'm encur- I'm encouraging Mitch to put the ball on the floor a little bit more. All right, all right. So uh, shout out to Mitchell Robinson had a, a a pretty decent game, although in the fourth quarter, you know, Tom that lets it go small and take Mitchell Robinson out, but um, it's okay, man. It's 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 one of those things where. Alonzo, Alonzo Ball is Alonzo Ball, man. He tried to, tried to go small because Miles Bridges killed us. If you're looking at the stats, Miles Bridges, 31 points, 
Six rebounds on the night. LaMelo Ball, 20 points, career high, 15 assists on the night. Uh, Tom's had to try to do something. He had to try to get, he had to try to do something to change up, change up the game plan. Took took Mitch Robinson out, and uh, because he took Mitch out, uh, Miles Miles ended up uh, dunking on us at the rim again. But it is what it is at this point. Good game for Mitch Robinson, and uh, he continues to shine for me. Ob Toppin. Now the downside of having. Randall having all these good games, 21.7 assists, is the minutes start to go up. Randall had 20, 35 minutes tonight when he played. Um, Toppin. This wasn't like a Toppin game. Listen, Toppin had four points. Hold on. Let me look Toppin had four points, one rebound, and Two blocks on the night. Two blocks on the night for Toppin already. Toppin. So the defense was there. Toppin only shot the ball two or three times. This looked like one of those nights where I feel like if Toppin got the ball, Toppin would have got going. And you know me. I'm I'm IQ Hive. I love IQ. Um, I feel like today might have been a day where I feel like IQ maybe should look for Toppin a little bit more. He did find Toppin on a couple of lobs, and that looked nice. But I feel like maybe the whole team should look for topping a little bit more today, because um, you know what that that first that's first that transition that first to second quarter, and then that third to fourth quarter was specifically in that first to second quarter. McBride and IQ both offensively didn't really have it going as far as scoring. Now IQ had the ball in his hands, and IQ did a really good job splitting the defense. And kicking it to shooters, but a lot of a lot of his passes went in and out. Matter of fact, a lot of passes, a lot of shots went in and out. Alec Burks' shots went in and out. Um, I feel like Mitchell Robinson's got a lot of his hands on offensive rebounds and kind of couldn't corral it, and it had stuff go in and out. Um, a lot of in and out passes on tonight, but I, I and I, I'm not. I don't want to blame IQ entirely. Because he did do a good job of breaking down a defense, but I feel like this is one of those nights where he could have looked for Toppin a little bit more. Because I feel like Toppin had it going, and um, Toppin could have. I feel like Toppin could have. He's been scoring double digits in the last few nights when he got the touches tonight, two for three, and the one that he missed was a wide open three pointer in the corner, and it was it was in and out. So I need Toppin's rebounds to go up. I. But part of the reason why Toppin's rebounds are down is because he looks to leak. He doesn't look to rebound when shots go up. He looks to leak to get the easy points, and that's not hurt. That's hurting his rebounding numbers. But that's also probably a reason why Alec Burks has uh, 12 rebounds on a night. You know what I mean? But shout out to Obi Toppin. Um, with the games going the way they're going, I feel like Obi Toppin. Listen, Knicks are almost eliminated from from the play in. The Hornets win tonight guarantees the Knicks the they're in the play-in. Uh, I think the Knicks are might be one loss and Hornets one win away from that being a reality for the Knicks of us missing the play-in. And if that happens with the like the five games we have left, we should see at least a lot more top and at least getting minimum twenty minutes a game. But if Tom is smart, he will give him thirty minutes a game at this point. Uh, Knicks play and the Knicks play the Cavs. 
on Saturday. So this is not the Cavs or you already know what the Cavs are. The Cavs are the Cavs. It's going to be a hard out for the Cavs. We play them at 1 o'clock. So um, it's going to be a rough one for these Knicks. Hopefully we get this get this W. But either way, it doesn't really matter to me. I just want to see the kids play at this point. All right. So here we go, yo. Salute to the chat. The phone lines are open. The phone lines are open. Um, there is no Fritz today. There's no Ryan today. I pretty much I'm a one man band today. But you already know what the deal is. If you want to call in, call that number 319-527-6241. Usually, you know, Fritz comes in, he he screens the calls and let up and all that stuff. But Fritz is he couldn't be here today, so it's just me. So everybody be respectful. If you're disrespectful, I will hang up on you. <laughs> all right, because I can't, I can't screen the calls today. All right, but before I even hit to these calls, shout out to the chat, man. Shout out to Picks for Timmy. Shout out to Prezi the Boss. Shout out to BN. Shout out, shout out to uh, Islam. I don't what <laughs> Echelon. I think that's Echelon. Shout out to Echelon. Uh, everybody else is rocking with the KOT show. And you know what? At some point, you already know what it is. We're going to get to this Randall topic because the big topic of the day still is that there is a rumor. That Julius Randle wants to leave these New York Knicks. Now, at this point, uh, if you've been watching the post games, if you've been watching the interviews on the television, they asked Randle directly, is it true? He told me, if it hasn't come from me, it's not true. But if that, even if that's true or not, um, even if he says that, I don't, I'm, I, I'm not sure if I already believe it. I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna hold you. I'm not sure if I all the way believe him. His body language all season has been bad. And even if that's not true, if I'm the Knicks, I'm looking to trade him. I I, I just am. I'm looking to trade him at this point. All right? So, I see we got one caller up. You already know what it is. If you hit the phone line, I just want to talk to your boy, Jay Ellis. Um, I'm not sure who it is, but I'm going to patch you in, caller. Caller, let us know what your name is, where you're from, and what do you want to talk about. I, I feel like it might be Reaper. Let's see. Hey. Hey, what's up, JLC? Right, it's me. Ah, look at that! Look at that! I know. I see. <laughs> I'm halfway. Rem- I'm memorizing numbers now in the queue. <laughs> Thanks for uh, taking my call. Yeah, you know what? Like, it, it's funny. Like, I did a video. Like, uh, it was a uh, thing. It's been a couple. It was like when he did that thumbs down. Right. As soon as he did that thumbs down and did the press conference, like I, I knew he wasn't gonna last. And it wasn't like because the organization was going to trade him, but I knew he was going to tap out because it's just like you said it. New York City is a tough place to play. Yeah, I remember you said it. It's just a tough. It's a very tough place to play, and if you're going to be going at the fans, and then like I was telling you, when you go to these games, it's actually worse in person. Like when you see him, he's kind of like taking his time getting back on the defense. Uh, It's kind of crazy. It's like madness to see. So I kind of figured it was going to happen at some point, especially if the season kept going the way it did, because he wasn't trying to hustle. And so he was going to continue getting booed. Uh, people, you know, he wants to think it's because, oh, I had a down offensive year. Nah. It's not really because of that. It's, it's just like they're not getting back on defense. And it's like, um, so I think that was pretty much it. So I, I figured that was going to happen at some point. Now nah, you called um, it. You called then, it early, man. I, I got I, I to gotta give you the credit. Sweeper was the first one to call in and was like, I feel like Randall's gonna uh, quit, and <laughs> New York is gonna run him out of town. Now it's still it's still rumors at this point. It hasn't officially happened, mm-hmm. but I don't know, man. You might be right. It's, it's looking like you more likely than not might be right. 
Yeah, I, I think they're going to try to like you know like into you know do you know I think they're going to try to trade him, but it's obviously it's not going to be that easy. It's like it is a big contract. Yeah. Um, although he's a is a productive contract, he's like a walk in 2010 if he's off the ball, you know. So, but the problem is, is like everyone is worried about his attitude. If you think about the, that whole Sacramento Kings trade now, like last year, if you would have told the Sacramento Kings, like who would you want, uh, uh, Randall or um, the guy that they got, they would have said Randall in a heartbeat. Absolutely. But it's just like his antics this year. And then, like, you can, he wasn't even hustling anymore, so you can just tell. Because it tells your character, right? You get paid, and then you come back, you don't want to play defense, you know? Yep. It's, it kind of really shows everyone who your character is. And so I think that's why, why they went to, with that big man over from Indiana. Um, in terms of this game, look, I mean, even the young kids can't be perfect every game, and they can't win at all. But right. um, I just kind of feel like they should – I don't understand why we're not playing them. The reason why the bench points weren't really there is because coach really ran like really a seven man rotation. Like uh, Obi got like 12 minutes. Sims got 11 minutes. And then uh, McBride got like eight minutes. Uh, on the other side, uh, they, they ran basically a 10 man rotation, I think. And um, eight men, eight of the men that they played got over like basically around 20 minutes or more. Yeah. So it was like, that's, that's what like, you know, bench play looks like if you're getting set uh, you know about close to 20 minutes that's a little that's you know a little respectable but tom is not even trying to do that so it's pretty crazy that you know i was actually surprised that um he went back and like all that stuff he was talking a couple of days ago and then just kind of turned right back around and started giving them bs minutes again exactly you know, I, exactly I, I, I play i played it from it was, the beginning from the, from the front from the rip because i just wanted to show to highlight the hypocrisy of it all this is, this is kind of nuts. Yeah. <laughs> it is unbelievable. And I saw what you were uh, saying with the uh, the whole um, – yeah, I did see it uh, with the whole uh, RJ kind of like, you know, I've been seeing it. It was like this is the second game I've seen it. He's just like, you know, he, he I feel like he's kind of trying to ice Julius a little bit. But on the flip side, if you notice, like Burks has been going out of his way to get uh, Randall the ball a lot. Uh, you know, it's, you can kind of tell, like, when Randall's going to get the ball. Yeah. If Burks brings up the ball, there's a strong possibility Randall is going to – the play's running through Randall if Burks is bringing up the ball. And so – and they'll run that silly whatever pick and roll, uh, you know, uh, with handoff with Fournier, and then Randall comes around and get the ball. <laughs> then, so it's um, – No, it's crazy. So you can tell. So I, yeah. yeah. Once so you start saying – you know, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, like, once you said it, I started looking. I was like, yo, it's, it's really crazy because RJ was icing out Julius in the first half. And then when Randall started going, getting the ball, uh, when RJ mm-hmm. was open, he I felt like he was he was starting to ice RJ. But at the same time he was icing RJ, he was actually making pretty good passes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he would, he would, he would yeah. um... He would bypass RJ, go to the middle, and then pass it to Fournier or pass it to, to, to Burks or whatever. And then the only time they actually started to pass to each other was the fourth quarter when the game was on the line. And yeah. then I then Randall started to pass it to um to RJ more because it's like at this point it's like, all right, we gotta stop the shenanigans. Like <laughs> we gotta win the game. But it it yeah. seemed like they was kind of playing cat and mouse for the first couple of quarters. 
Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. For me, it was like the last game was the was the craziest one. And like, I think I don't know if I said it the last time, but I, I just kind of feel like last game. So it feels like right now, uh, obviously, uh, with this game, is showing that Tibbs and the organization is sort of pushing back a little bit. Mm-hmm. But what I got from last game uh, was like this is RJ's team, and actually, to tell you the truth, like you know, it's. Um, it feels like it's almost like uh, from what him, what he and quickly did in the fourth quarter, it's almost like Tibbs also would have to fall in line. Yeah. That's kind of like the weird feeling I was getting uh, because the way they, because at one point I felt like Julius Randle was basically, he, with those three minutes, he thought it was going to, everything was going to run through him. And then he's waving at the sideline at one moment. It was like, kind of like what's going on. Like that's, he wasn't getting the ball. And it was almost like IQ and RJ just didn't care. Uh, the other thing I noticed about uh, – maybe I said it the last time. I don't want to repeat myself, but I did notice between um, RJ, IQ, OB, and Mitch, they're constantly talking on the bench, um, and also they're constantly talking on the floor. It seems like they talk like mostly about chemistry stuff, like they're trying to mm-hmm. – I don't know, because obviously they haven't – you know, the coach hasn't afforded them the opportunity to do it, and it seems like they're just trying to figure stuff out themselves. You got quickly on the bench with like that little uh, – iPad or whatever it yeah, is, and they're looking through out plays. Crazy. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but that was pretty interesting. Uh, but just talking about this game real quick before you know, I know if I know you probably got to get to some other callers, but I felt like Randall's defense. I'm only I w- I'm tabulating the defensive stats now. I'm only like in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Randall, like right now, it looks like they're hunting Randall, Evan, and Burks. Yeah, like the first That's quarter. He, yeah. They, I feel like they ran a switch to get. I feel like they were, no Evan was on the whole time. I feel like they had like a pick and roll between Evan to get Evan and and Randall involved to get like easy baskets. I'm just like, okay, well that, that makes sense because Randall doesn't help and Evan is a turnstile on on defense. So <laughs> like yeah. I, I agree, with you. I'm seeing the same thing. But Burke did a really good job on the defense and for the most part tonight. For the most part, he got burned a couple of yeah. times, but I, I like Burks fight defensively tonight. So you know the one thing I noticed about Burks, like, well, I don't know, uh, having this is only one game. I think it was the last game I noticed it. I mean, he's it seems like defensive position, like you know the team defense. He's got that down and mastered, right? He's always in the right spots, makes the right rotation. But the problem is like when it's like basically him against a man, yeah, you know, trying to keep somebody in front of him it's like it just all falls apart because it's like, you know, it's like if they want to just go at him, they're going to score. And I kind of, you know, like he's – I feel like he's really struggled. To, a lot of the guys – actually, our defense have been struggling the last few games, although we've been winning some of these games. Um, it's At some points, I feel like our defense has struggled a little bit with some of the guys. Um, but, yeah, it's – with him, I just um, – he's just with that. But team defense, he, he does a pretty good job at it. And uh, Sims is the other one. Like, he's starting to look like he did early in the year. It's not yeah, even really just about get, mm-hmm. being out of position. Sometimes yep. it's almost like he's not even making enough effort, you know, and he's also on top of not making enough effort. He just seems, like, really out of sync. Like, it's almost like, you know, they're moving too fast, and he's, like, just swiping at the air when he's trying to block a shot. <laughs> like, yeah. And, uh, you yeah. know. Now, I feel like Mason was trying to – I feel like Mason Plumlee was kind of sensing that, too. And he was trying to he was trying to hunt him a little bit sometimes, 
But the time he really tried to hump yeah. them one on one, he actually did a pretty good job. Cause I feel like he, I feel like he, he what, what teams don't realize is Jericho Sims one on one is a really good defender. Mm-hmm. Like you're not gonna really hunt him one on one. Like if you're gonna hunt him, you gotta hunt him when he when he has to kind of make a decision on whether to switch or or like play drop yeah. or or actually come up and swat a shot. Like that's how you mess with Jericho, not one on one. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. His pick and roll defense is like it's. I don't know, right? It's been pretty egregious. Yeah, it's <laughs> up and down. One time I'm like yes, and then sometimes like eh. and then and then when he's like uh, yeah. you see Tom um sailing to Mitch to get back in the game, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy because the last few games, I feel like they've been playing Mets like around 33, 34, which, you know, I'm a little nervous about too. Right. Um, you know, but, you know, whatever, I guess, you know, these, Tom is going to be Tom. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they just, they, you know, they're just playing the guys way too much. That's the other thing I, you know, I noticed, especially towards the end of the season. Even R.J. Barrett, I, honestly, I can see 34 minutes, cool, but, does anyone really need to be playing 40 minutes a game, especially when you have all these other people that need minutes? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, uh, it's, it's the trust. Do. He doesn't have the trust in Miles McBride. And mm-hmm. today was like one of Miles McBride's toughest games. I think this is like might be his toughest game of the season so far, besides the Toronto game. Because he was put he was put on LaMelo Ball, and LaMelo Ball mm-hmm. was, was cooking him. And then, so, like, yeah. he wasn't really giving us anything on the defensive end today. And then, on top of that, he, he he shot the right shots, but he wasn't really able to make any field goals either. And then, I think he had, yeah. so was, he had a rough one today. But, you know, he's still young. And he has he, he still has time to do, to do what he does. I'm not worried about him. But I think that's a lot of reason why RJ played 38 minutes today. Well, even actually, the, all the other games, RJ has been playing like thirty or forty minutes a game. Like, well, um, yeah, hasn't he? I think he has. I don't know. It's like I, I feel like he's been playing a lot of minutes. Like, yeah, um, yeah, you know, yeah. But, it's RJ, um, but yeah, Burks, Grimes out. Next man up is McBride, um, and then maybe yeah. if anything else, you uh, maybe plug in quickly because you got Alec Burks forty minutes, RJ Barrett thirty eight minutes. And then you have a Fournier thirty-five. So you know, like it's either quickly or McBride at this point. Yeah. Uh, well, the other thing I wanted to say too was like um, probably my last point is um, so after yes the I, what happened the last game, I really thought that Randall, if it does happen and they are actually able to move him it might end up saving the front office because honestly, like I was saying also a while ago. So the problem with the front office is like it's year three, right? Mm-hmm. And so all day they've only picked one coach. You got to think about Dolan. Is he going to take the team basically? So the team performed poorly this year. Now, if they bring back Thibodeau and Ju- if they bring back Thibodeau and Julius next year, I think it's a guarantee the team is not going to play very well. They're not going to perform very well. Because Julius obviously doesn't want to play in the garden, and his confidence is shot there. Yep. And the coach is just stuck in his ways. And so he's going to keep doing the same thing. And on, t- I think they're going to have a bad season if both of them return. And I know the front office thinks that because they only pick one coach, that Dolan might give them another coach. I don't know. I don't like, think. Yeah, because you're t- is year three is like it's. They're, I think they're like they're thinking about it the wrong way because it's year three, and if they play terrible year two, 
or underperform year two, and then they also underperform, underperform year three. I don't think Dolan is going to care whether or not they pick one coach. Dolan only wants, like, you know, results. And if you made a mistake and you stayed with the wrong coach because you wanted to prolong your, your uh, you know, your time with the Knicks, I mean, like, I don't think that's going to work. Um, I mean, they, it's almost like they think people are, you know, they're like, I, I'm not the only one thinking about it. I'm sure, you know, other people think about it too. So uh, I don't think that's going to work. But I was hoping, like, it would have, if, if it, uh, Julius demanded it, if he, demand, if he did actually, it sounds like he did. And if they do do move him, I think it inadvertently like helps out, helps them all out because I think they probably play better next year. Right. Um, hopefully they don't get like a Harrison Barnes. Funny Raw was saying he wanted like a Harrison Barnes, but I'm thinking like, oh no, because no, like they're going to get Barnes. Harrison Barnes, and then Tiz is going to play Harrison Barnes over Obi. Yeah, <laughs> and it's nah. still going to suck. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of the situations. This is a rough one, man. Like, yeah. And- this is a rough one, man. I, and, and no, I'm gonna get into, into that later, yo. Uh, yo, thanks, thanks you for the call. The phone lines are actually kind of open tonight, right. so if you want to call, if you want to call in, guys, you already know what to do. It's uh, dial out three four seven. Hold on, whoops, that Ooh, brain fart. Dial three one nine five two seven six two four one if you want to call into the the KOT show. Um, I want to read you something, man. Shout out to uh, Fred Katz. Fred Katz is one of the writers for the athletic and after Julius Randall kind of threw that tantrum, he wrote a little piece on the athletic and, uh, I want to read off a section, um, about Julius Randall and what he wrote. He says, I asked people who work for front offices around the league, how they would classify Randall's market. If he became available this summer responses range from neutral value to suggestions that the Knicks would have to attach a first-round pick to persuade another team to bring him in. If that ends up being the case, the Knicks could be better off rehabbing his value instead of cutting bait now. This is, after all... I'm sorry. This is, after all, a low point for Randall. He's due to make $26.1 million next season, the NBA's 48th richest salary on the books for 2022-2023. He could drop out of the top 50 after big time free agents sign new lucrative deals in the offseason. All right. So this is one of those situations where it's funny because in at half during the All-Star break, they it was rumored by Ian Beckley. You already know what it is with Ian Beckley. We, 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 we trust Ian Beckley. It was rumored that there were teams interested in Julius Randle, but you know, you know what it is with these antics. Even though he's had some good games since then, those antics can drive down the value. But some people feel like, you know, we might not get some people are saying we might have to attach a pick. Some people are saying we might have to attach a pick. And if that's the case, ugh, I, I I that's rough. Cause you're pretty much undoing the work that the front office has done. To get rid of Julius Ramble, Randall, and that is just unfortunate. Uh, yo, shout out to Alex, man. Yo, call the phone lines again. Reaper was able to get through, Alex. So call the phone lines again if you want to call. All right. <laughs> All right, cool. All right. So, and I know Raw was was was. And here's the thing about this front office. If you're looking at the pattern of this front office, 
the front office doesn't just make moves to make moves. We have guys here who value assets, who value asset collection. Walt Parent and these guys, they're not, they, they're not, they're very patient. So even I can, even if Randall decides he wants to leave this summer, if the front office decides they're not receiving adequate, um, <laughs> adequate assets for Julius Randall, they're not the type to me who are going to be quick to move, which to me kind of limits our options. So. You seen Randall balling out today, giving you twenty one point seven assists and five rebounds. You guys, you guys better hope that Randall averages thirty from here on out and and gets that value back up to remind teams that he can be good and to make teams believe. Well, maybe it is a change of scenery that Randall needs because if that doesn't happen, it might be a long season next season too. Because I don't, I don't see them sitting him. I don't, I don't, I don't see them sending him for for peanuts. I feel like they're going to try to get a player in picks back. And to be honest, I mean, Randall is still averaging 20, 10, and 5 on the season. But he just he's super inefficient. He's so, inefic- he's so inefficient. He has the worst inefficiency, inefficiency numbers out of any first option on any team in the NBA. So it might be a little bit rough to trade. I'm not even going to lie. But there were teams who were... Who were Interested in before, so maybe some small market team. I know I saw Raw was mentioning some of his people in the in the in the videos. Maybe it's a headache for a headache situation where somebody who also a headache wants to leave. I, I I really I heard people saying Russell Westbrook. I'm not. I don't. I'm definitely the one Russell Westbrook here. I'm sorry because we're gonna have that situation, that same situation all over again where we have high turnovers at the point guard position and. And Tom Thibodeau playing him 40 minutes a game. At this point, I'm re- I'd rather like to have like a high contract and, and, a, and a draft pick back. A draft pick or two back. I'm pretty much willing to do that at this point. I saw what Rora, what Kevin Love, D'Angelo Russell, Wiggins. Maybe I'll do Wiggins. Maybe I'll do that. But at this point, I, I just don't see it. I, uh, uh, but shout out to everybody in the chat. If you want to talk and you want to have, give your, your your thoughts on Julius Randle and whether you feel like he should, uh, if it's true or not, you already know what it is. Dial that number three. Uh, <laughs> once again, 319 319-527-6241. Um. Also, one one thing I want to, I want to highlight. I, yo, did you guys see the the, the Ob Toppin pass to Mitchell Robinson? Oh, did you guys see the Ob Toppin pass to Mitchell Robinson? Ob Toppin throws a lob to Mitchell Robinson for a dunk, and I forgot to mention this because this is the second time we're we're Toppin. Throws a bigger lob. The first lob I see him draw, throw was uh, to Simmons a few games ago, and now he's hitting Toppin. And this is why I'm scared. That this is this is the scared part of me seeing Randall getting 35 minutes because Toppin is coming to his own, hitting hitting jumpers. 
getting to the hole. He's finishing at the hole with high clip. Um, one of the most efficient finishers on a team in general. He, de he's starting to get play some defense, getting two blocks. He got two blocks tonight. I think he blocked Terry Rozier. And now you're starting to see the passing coming to fruition, throwing a lot of passes on a short roll. As a big is a big skill. A big skill. So shout out to Obi Toppin. Uh, only four points on night, but I need to see him get some more minutes. Only five, well, only six games to go. Next game up, we got against the Cavaliers on Saturday. We got the Sunday versus the Magic. The Nets on Wednesday. The Wizards on Friday. And the Raptors on Sunday. We got a tough bunch of games. For us to make it into play-in, it's going to be rough. I predict that by Sunday... Sunday, the earliest, you're going to start to see an uptick of minutes for these young guys. If it's not by Sunday, it'll be Wednesday. We're going to start to see an uptick for minutes for these young guys. All right. Donald says, says what's the number? Donald Simmons. The number is at the bottom. If you dial 319-527-6241, the number is at the bottom of the graphics. Uh, Donald Sims. 319-527-6241. The number is at the bottom of the graphic. I know it's kind of small, but it's right there at the bottom of the graphic. Right under the um right under score. Right under final score. The number is right there. Yeah, Obi didn't play even 25 minutes today. Obi only played 12 minutes. We won't have the 14th pick, and we're getting like the 5th or 7th. If we get like the 4th pick, I'll be happy. Um, everybody saw the news about Donovan Mitchell. Donovan, Donovan Mitchell looked pissed last night. It's crazy. I was watching the Clippers-Utah game. The Utah Jazz, they were... They were up by like 20 points in the third quarter. And I started to not pay attention. And I look up. And the Utah Jazz lost the game by six in the fourth. And I'm just like, oh, my. God. Bruh. And I'm looking, I'm looking on Twitter. And I'm seeing Donovan Mitchell. I'm seeing Donovan Mitchell going, taking it to Twitter, taking his frustrations out. And I'm just like, man, if we get a top pick, take him, take Randall, take all the picks we got, man. Bring Donovan Mitchell home. Bring Donovan Mitchell home. Shout out to Alexander, who do, who sends a six dollar ninety nine a six dollar and ninety cent super chat. He says, "Screw the seven dollars. I'm gonna send a six dollars and ninety cents." Shout out to you though. Says phones phones on the fritz, but I was just gonna say there were audible boos for real. Julius in pregame lineups. We would do better than that, NYK fam as a whole. Oh, is the phone? Are the phones not working, guys? That's crazy. That sucks. Because Reva was able to get through.
because Alex, Alex was at the game tonight. Shout out to Alex. Alex is the guy who usually does the graphics for me. So shout out to you. But you know what? That's it. You know, I'm going to end the show tonight a little bit early. Well, it's not that much early. It's like 50 minutes. Canal Ben Loyal says you're going to get the 14 pick of the draft. We might just so. We might just do it. Donald Sims, did you try to call in? I know Donald said we was trying to call. I was trying to take at least one more call if you could. Donald, if you're still there. Ah, uh, the phone is on the the phone is on the fritz. It seems like. Call. The phone is on the fritz. Dang, this might not be the night, guys. I guess. When down it cuts off, so it cut off a bunch of people. Okay, that's crazy. Hold on, I'm not even sure if I'm able to fix it at this point. Um, hold on a second. Dak, sorry guys. Seems like the phone is on the fritz tonight. See, this is what happened when Fritz is in here. See, Fritz had Fritz had the day off, and the phone goes on the Fritz. Yeah, three times, man. Sorry, guys. I mean, the phones usually act. The phones are usually pretty um, reliable. We haven't had problems with the phones all year. So this is a little new situation for us, but um, sorry guys, I'm sorry guys. Next, well we listen. I don't know Saturday. We're gonna be back on Saturday though. Yeah, R.I.P. Yo, R.I.P. to the phone lines, man. R.I.P. to the phone lines. Um, we're gonna be back though Saturday at one o'clock p.m. We're gonna be playing these Cavaliers, and we'll be back to talk next basketball Saturday. So hopefully, if you guys are available for Saturday, you guys can call in. And hopefully the phones will be working by then. I'm not sure what's happening right now. Um, but hopefully we'll test it out and have it working for you guys on Saturday. Reaper, man, you just have the magic touch, I guess, Reaper. All right. All right, but, yo, that is our show, guys. Um, That's our show, guys. Thanks for watching, man. Thanks for everybody who's rocking with the KLD show. Thank you for supporting. Um, if you have something to say, Donald, maybe if you want to type it in the chat if it's not too long. He said Randall got the phone tapped. <laughs> if it's not too long, Donald, if you want to type it in the chat, and I can address it from there. But if it's too long, then we can, you can save it for Saturday. We can do a uh, 2B continue because I'm pretty sure there's going to be people who uh, who still going to be on the trade Randall train on Saturday, so we can have a to be continued on Saturday. I'm pretty sure it's gonna be that same temperature. Did anyone notice that Randall was smiling when he was losing? Yeah, I did notice Randall's smile today, and to be honest, I'm kind of glad he smiled because he's been frowning all season. 
He, like, I just need that dude to be happy for once, man. I, I'm actually, I'm actually, I actually feel better that his attitude was more, way more where we're supposed to be today than it was all season, with the exception of a few games. So I, I might even matter at him smiling after this game, to be honest with you. I just need him to stop acting like a, a jerk. <laughs> all right. All right, yo. That was our show, man. Facts. I'll be smiling on the bench Sunday. You're right about that, Donald. But yeah, that is our show, man. Thank you guys for watching. Um, I'm going to hit the IGs real quick and update the IGs. But I already know what it is, man. If you want to listen to this, if you want to follow us on social media, hit the go to the, the KOT show on Twitter, the Nick of Time Show on Instagram, Nick of Time Show on Facebook. Listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and other podcast um, networks. If you want to listen to us on podcasts as well, you can get your, your KOT merch at nicktimeshow.com. All right? Once again, go to the KOT Show on Twitter, Nick Time Show on Instagram, and Nick Time Show on Facebook to follow us on social media. Listen to us on all podcast forums on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. And get your merch at the nicktimeshow.com slash catalog. All right. All right, man. That is our show. Shout out to the chat once again. It'll tap in on Saturday. I got you. I'm going to be here on Saturday, Donald. I'll definitely be here on Saturday. So I'll definitely tap in. I'm going to try, I'm gonna, I'm try to tell Fritz to, uh, to, to look out for you because if you're in line, I'm going to let you get in first. All right. Because I know you tried to get in today, all right? So shout out to you, Donald, all right? First time caller, all right? All right, yo, that is our show. Thanks, you guys, for watching. And as always, shout out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here in these YouTube streets. That is our show. I'm out of here. Peace. Yeah.